on any given day, I could walk into any classroom and a cool three, five people would be just watching Fortnite on their iPad, right? That's the entertainment. Like I see more fight Fortnite highlights on people's computers at IU than I do like football. Like, and that's why I think eventually it will, it will surpass traditional sports or at least get on the same level as them in terms of viewership, sponsorship, revenue. This week on the Young and Dumb Podcast, we have Ryan Haas. Not only is he a freshman at Indiana University and has been quoted by Forbes twice, but he's also a pioneer in the esports realm. From his early days in high school, he's been working tirelessly to create a community for young and ambitious esport gamers. The potential the sport has, combined with his passion for gaming, has evolved into a myriad of opportunities for young gamers to grow and be future esport pros. So this week, we game with Ryan. Ryan is a growing name in one of the hottest industries right now, which is esports. So we had to give him the word game. Giving. His goal is to help and inspire other high school students and show that they can achieve anything that they put their minds to. Ahead of many his age, he's just getting started in college and he's already started a company, been featured in Forbes, and so much more to come. Moving forward, he doesn't necessarily know how he's going to achieve his goals, but he's always trying things and moving towards them. Enabling students. Students will be the ones change the game for the future. And Ryan is positioning himself with that demographic, combining that with the hottest industry right now, esports. So this week, we learn to game with Ryan. Welcome everyone to 2018. Get Your Grind Up is back with another episode of the Young and Dumb Podcast. It's your co-host from the East Coast, Justin Gary, checking in again. We have a very special guest that we met way back in 2018, and we brought him to the new year with us. He has touched upon esports, consulting, music, a lot of different things he has his hands on. He's a man of many trades, many talents. Ryan Haas, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? Get your grind up, 2019. You know how I we're coming. It. You know how we're coming. <laughs> I so love it. Bag, I love it. It's all about bringing value to each other, and that's how we're that's how we're moving this year. I'm all about it, and you made a major step in your life right now you just started school at indiana university among many other things we're going to dive really deep into that but before we get there on your journey so far we're going to take your journey turn it into a loading bar where do you feel like you are right now on your loading bar from zero to 100 percent? honestly i think like a cool 15 if we're being honest you know i think i think i've done some good stuff at my age for 19 i'm like proud of my accomplishments thus far but i'm not satisfied at all and I want to like, keep seeing them go. So I'm going to say like a cool 15 in that teen range because I'm not right. done yet. But, you know, I'm, I'm a couple steps into the journey. All right. So, so with that cool 15, let's give us that quick story of what has happened for that 15%. What are we right. doing in middle school, high school, and now your first semester of college? All right. I'll try and compress this into like five minutes and touch on the major <laughs> things that we'll, uh, we'll talk about in the podcast later. But I will start uh, as a middle schooler, like you guys said. So. Uh, my older brother, Addison, who is four and a half years older than me, uh, loves video games. And because of that, I love video games because I want to be better than my older brother, right? Like, of course, I want to beat my older brother and everything. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, he's a lot better than me in most video games. So this kind of <laughs> drove me to uh, play way too many video games. And uh, this kind of pushed into high school where I was spending uh, 
like six to seven hours a day grinding Counter-Strike Global Offensive. If anybody knows what that is, it's a nice FPS shooter that'll make you break your keyboard a couple times along the way. Um, and then my brother, uh, he did not play FPS. He played MOBA, a MOBA called Heroes of the Storm, which was the Blizzard iteration of a MOBA. He went professional and was offered a scholarship to Robert Morris University, uh, 70% of that. And at this point, I am a sophomore in high school. I'm kind of kind of trying to tell the story a little weird, but um, at this point in high school, I had just enrolled into Don Wetrick's Innovations and Open Source Learning class. This came upon because I was in sophomore English, and my teacher gave us a very unorthodox final. Normally, my English finals were like write this paper, you know, write, read this book, and do this test. Right? His final was do whatever you want, but make something with it. And me and my best friend Mitch, who played Counter Strike with me every day. We're like, dude, let's make an esports team. Let's make a hypothetical esports team, right? So we made like the worst HTML website ever. We like literally ripped a logo offline, changed the colors, and then made Monsoon Gaming as our final, which we got 100% on. But Mr. Wetrick came in to look at our pitches for this final class and told me and Mitch, he's like, you need to be in my class. You need to be in my class. So the next year I enrolled. My first semester was not very smooth. I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. I was I dabbled with video editing, was not good at it. I tried getting into like coding, was not good at it, didn't like it. And I kind of came to the realization when my brother got the scholarship to Robert Morris that I was like, well, if they can do esports at the college level, then why don't we do it at the high school level? This next part is a bit of destiny, in my opinion. As me and Mr. Wetrick put it, it's either dumb luck or it's destiny. So I pitched Mr. Wetrick. I'm like, dude, we should do high school esports. Like, we have the infrastructure. We can do it. Like, we have the resources we need. He's like, all right, yeah, I will think about it. So I leave that class. I go to my next block. 90 minutes later, I come down in passing period to talk to Mr. Wetrick, and he goes, hey, Ryan, I just got off the phone. We just got $26,000 in funding for the esports team. So it was a spend it or lose it budget for the school library. And it, he was going to be spent on, like, books that we already had, like duplicates of books. So he's like, well, why don't we just, like, get a computer lab, right? So – this is the beginning of the esports journey. My friend and I, Mitch, have $26,000 now. Um, as a 16-year-old, well, I don't have it, but we get to choose how to spend it. So we build 16 of the beefiest PCs ever, ever seen in a high school. I, I kid you not, we walk, into, uh, we walk into that class one day, and if you've ever seen just a box of 16 i7s or 16 like GTX 1070s, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a sight to behold. Like I almost gave <laughs> up. But so this is the beginning of the esports team. This is all happening in the first week of my second semester of my junior year in high school. So with all our PCs built, we've acquired about five or six other kids that are in along for the ride. And we said, hey, well, these are the games we're going to choose. We're going to choose Counter-Strike, League of Legends and Overwatch, because at the time, those are the three biggest esports. We hold our first call out meeting with very little advertising, just one announcement thing, right? And a couple emails sent and word of mouth. 150 kids show up to our call-out meeting. Granted, we have about 2,500 kids at our school, but those are still crazy numbers nonetheless. Yeah. So with 16 PCs and 20 spots on the team, like, uh, so, all right, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Like I said, Counter-Strike, Overwatch, and League of Legends. So we decided to have a varsity and JV roster for League and then just varsity for Overwatch and Counter-Strike. So that capped out to 20 players total of 150 kids. So, yeah, we had to try out 150 kids. And it is not fun to tell kids that they're not good enough to play the Counter-Strike team or play on the League of Legends team, especially when they're older than you or the same age as you because they're just like, what, dude? 
like they did kids kids got really upset which was which was sad but you know it happens you know you got to learn that things don't come easily anyway i'm gonna fast forward a little bit how'd you how'd how'd you weed it down like it seems so hard to just watch someone play and just be like eh, i don't know it is it is hard so um what we do is this is also something we kind of consult on but i'll give you just a little bit of it so basically what happens with the whole tryout process is the first thing is to take all bias out of it, meaning like the people viewing the gameplay do not know the, the kids' names or their um, in-game names. They're known as computer one, two, three, or four. And we, we make a spreadsheet based on like skills in each individual game. So like MOBA, like if you're trying out for a jungler, like how, how do you perform in these skills? We even rate communication, toxicity, like all those little extra things just to make sure that the people we're getting are going to like mesh well together and know how to play the game. So I would say the most important part of the trial process is taking bias out so that if somebody does get cut, they don't, they can't just claim that, you know, you didn't like them or something, you know, and that's all about integrity and making sure that the kids are getting like a fair process. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to dive too deep into the trial process just because it's something that we like kind of sell as a product because we've been doing it for three years now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to cut down, cut down kids, but I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I feel like I've been dwelling on just the start of the esports thing. So fast forward one year after that, our program has grown to 50 kids um, across, I think, five five games at this point with JV and varsity rosters in both. Um, we had an insane amount of success. So me and Mr. Patrick decided, hey, let's go to South by Southwest. Like, Let's apply and see if we can get a spot at the education um, part of South by Southwest. So that's what we do. And we do not get accepted into education, but we got accepted into gaming under the title. Um, sorry, I keep hearing noises outside my door. Um, under the title of uh, high school esports and their importance on kids. So we go to South by Southwest. And funny thing about that is, so there's this little app it had where it would tell you like uh, who was like uh, planning on attending your panel, right? And so we check it. We're like, oh, bet. We got 160 people joining, like coming to the panel. Like, let's go. This is going to be sick. 14 people show up. So... <laughs> tough scene to say the least i was like wow uh, this is this is tough i don't really know what to say about this but quality over quantity there i met my most valuable contact to this day one of one a good friend of mine now and someone i'm working with normally um, his name is jordan chalmers he is the influencer or the director of uh influencer marketing at atlantic records um we'll touch on him later uh we also met a guy from espn who was drafting a story about us I don't know where that went. Either way, it was cool to meet somebody from ESPN. Um, and then we got to link up with uh, Jordan Nothing Gilbert, a ex-member of the Cloud9 CSGO team who has like a very big pole in esports and has a lot of contacts. He's kind of just like a figurehead of esports, at least in my mind, because I grew up watching him. So South by Southwest, that happens. That's super cool, right? After that, we go back to Noblesville. We continue our whole esports thing. It's we're just going through our seasons. We end up placing second in Counter-Strike and second in League of Legends in the nation and the leagues we were playing in. So great success for us there. Um, after this, Mr. Wetrick uh, and his foundation, the Started Up Foundation, which is, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it. You talked to Mr. Wetrick. I'll, I'll give it a little, uh, I'll explain it a little bit. So go back. The Innovations Open Source Learning class that I was a part of in high school um, is what it is. Innovations Open Source Learning. It's the idea of, Take what you love and figure out how to monetize it and make money off of it. Be happy doing what you do. And I happen to choose esports. Other kids made board games. Other kids sue stuff. Other kids did drop shipping. Like, it's a class designed to teach you entrepreneurial skills and like 
soft skills that, you know, like calculus isn't going to teach you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So one of a kind in that regard. Um, so the started up foundation, its whole goal was to spread this idea into other schools and more like statewide and eventually nationwide. So we being myself and my two co-founders, uh, Alex and Daniel, two kids that were a part of the esports team, founded Paradigm Esports. It is our consulting company that we are still doing to this day, where our main focus is helping high school team or high schools um, create esports organizations, um, allowing for kids to you know explore their passions, you know, take to the next level. So, the started up foundation. Actually, I, you guys have any questions? I've been kind of just like flying here, but nah i'm with it i'm rolling with it let's okay. keep going yeah cool, just, cool. I'm, I'm learning man because like the whole esports thing is so interesting to me and in that it's growing so rapidly right now and just the professional scene and now that colleges are starting to give out scholarships and everything like that the fact that you guys are attacking it from like the high school scene it's so interesting to me because like i have little cousins that want to get into the esports thing so i'm just learning with you right now too that's it's a super interesting scene dude um uh in this last year it's blown up more than i ever thought it would have to be honest with you like ninja i know i know we probably everybody talks about ninja so much mm -hmm. but like what he's doing for streamers and esports like whether you like him or not he's paving ways for people to make themselves bigger than they would have been without him so he's opening doors that we never thought would be open for people that play video games online so that's my piece on ninja he he's doing a lot he's doing a lot yeah I think, I think ninja's been that character that esports has really been looking for in the world because gaming has kind of a bad reputation of like whether it's from back in the day where it's just like the nerds are playing gaming and they're just they're very toxic in the language that they use and everything like that whereas ninja comes in as this guy who he's changed his content now where he doesn't really swear as much um the people that he brings on they can't swear and everything like that like he has a more friendly uh family friendly theme to him as say like any of um like a ksi or people like that from the previous generations of gaming so with that do you think that has opened the doors for high school how like how does high school play into this because like are high school gonna be like getting paid for this or like how do they get the funding because we all know that public schooling funding is is lower than usual and they're getting rid of things like music and everything like that why would they add a gaming section to their school so just to touch on the one thing you said about ninja um so what he's doing like what the way i see it is He's taking away the like the idea of what esports was. Like you said, like it's toxic, like it's it's for nerds, like it's for shut-ins, like outcasts, all that all that type of stuff. And what he's doing is he's making it more. He's bringing in non-endemic sponsors because like the brand he's building is not as esports focused. It's more like this is what gaming is now. Like he is trying to like create a whole new image of what it should be. Um, but to your question on high school is why should they add esports and where do they get the funding? So why should they add esports? Same reason they add sports, right? You get more kids involved in school. What that does, it raises grades. It allows kids to get active. It allows people to meet people. That was one of the biggest things about the founding of our esports team was so that kids that might not have like met in the first place could find a bunch of friends, you know what I mean? And just like meet people, right? Also, we had grade checks. We did workouts. This is so, Okay. Back up a little bit here. Two of the two of the pillars that we founded the esports team on were that, uh, or the two stereotypes on the esports team. Two stereotypes of esports are that gamers are fat and they get bad grades, right? <laughs> yeah. So the pillars that we built this program are are that those will not happen. 
our players will work out together as a team and we will have grade checks every two weeks. And that was a that was a selling point for our school as well because it allowed kids to get more involved. It allowed them to get their grades up because if not, they're not on the team anymore. Um, and uh, like I said, the last thing was community. So what we did, something I'm just going to pull up my computer right now, is our esports Discord server. It is like the hub of all our communication for all our teams when they have practice, when their games are, and it's where like their channels are when they play. So I'm just going to pop in here and see how many people are in the stream or in the Discord. There's a cool 16 people in there right now. It is 8.17 on a Wednesday on break. So looks like we got a bunch of dudes running fort. We got a bunch of dudes running league. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're, we're trying to build this community where kids that may have never met before are becoming very good friends and they're doing stuff together. It's, like I said, breaking that idea that gamers are shut-ins and they just sit in their room alone. You know what I mean? To quote the famous South Park, I'm playing online with my friend's dad, okay? <laughs> I love that. I love that. And just that brings me back just to thinking about esports as a whole and what it does um, socially. Um, I think about what I learned as an athlete growing through high school. Like a lot of my friends from other schools and other towns were from guys who I played soccer against. Um, I was like, oh, I know someone from that school. Yeah, I played against him. And then you start to build a relationship. Um, even through college, in my college years, I met a guy at work, my job now, who actually played against for four years. Um, instantly, I had a connection, and then we can grow up on that. I've seen stories where guys have had their best man at their wedding was a guy that they've never met before, but they played duos for seven years straight, and they were like <laughs> best buds because he always had his back. Only knew him by his gamer tag, but like there's stories like that where you can make these lasting friendships and relationships. And I feel like esports, it's a little a little easier to grow socially only because it's so easy to communicate and do the thing that you love together just because it's so readily accessible. Exactly. Uh, I One of my best friends of this day is somebody I met playing Daisy with in 2013. We're both like 20 years old, like almost 20 years old now, but like we still get on like on Discord and like we're still good friends. Like I guarantee you he's at my wedding and I guarantee you I'm at his. It's something that like geography doesn't affect. You know what I mean? That's the mm -hmm. beauty of it is that you can find people that are like you no matter where they are and you can do something with them that you both love doing. You know, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's community. And to touch on what you said, yeah, I mean, I played lacrosse throughout high school and I have so many friends now from like – 30 miles away. I was like, I, I would have never met this guy had I not been on like a competitive like circuit with him and like met him through that. And that's another thing for esports is like I said, it just it helps build those relationships and it allows those some of those kids that thought they might not make a bunch of friends like doing social things or whatever, allows it gives them the opportunity to do so. You know what I mean? Find people like minded. And that's the beauty of it. Definitely. So I want to dive deep into the esports journey. Um, you yourself, you're not a professional esports player, correct? Oh no, no. <laughs> I hung it up. <laughs> hung up the mouse. Yeah, you have a lot of like friends who are, and you're in contact with um, people who are in the esports realm, right? Correct. How does one get into that field? Because in the in the world of sports, like any regular sport, like you go to high school, you make a highlight tape, and you shoot that highlight tape to college. Um, coaches and then hopefully a college coach likes you then you go out to the campus and then from there hopefully you get drafted into the league but that doesn't necessarily happen with esports so how does someone go from the kid who's just playing a lot of xbox or pc whatever it is to getting either a scholarship or going pro so let me let me break it down a little bit so like you said it's it's very untraditional how 
esports like is recruited and how you become professional in esports. So like traditionally, the way you got professional was you would go to land tournaments in your area and dominate, right? Like that's the, that's pretty much the only way to do it. I'm just taking that as an example from Jordan, which is the guy from Cloud Nine I met in South by Southwest. That's how he got noticed. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. One sec. Um, so yeah, go get noticed at big lands. Um, that was the original way because there wasn't like all types of internet forums and stuff like that. Um, nowadays, uh, oftentimes a lot of pros are recruited through their Twitch streams. Um, so if you have a Twitch presence and people are tuning into your stream, people can come in and see how good you are. I mean, that's how the majority of these Fortnite players we see now that are all huge brands that make tons of money and play Fortnite all day is because they started a stream and they were good enough to get viewers. Now, those are the two kind of hit or miss ways as i'll put it because not everyone can just go to a lane and dominate and not everyone can just start a twitch stream and be ultra entertaining and get it from the viewers so the way that we tried to do it was what our coach um, noah was phenomenal so this guy would do everything for our league of legends team just to give you an example of how we did it with this one team so what he would do is every single game they played they would save the vod noah would go back cut up the highlights and send them to people he knew um, within the college esports like industry, right? So funny enough, a lot of the interest we received regarding our players was through Twitter DMs of esports like accounts. Like uh, I couldn't think of a name right now. Not Robert Morris, but just some kind of like I couldn't I couldn't name a college right now. But um, that was kind of the way that it happened. Was you cut up highlights, send them to the people you know, um, and that's how we did it. But as of right now, there's not really that formal way of recruiting in esports because it's so unlike like traditional sports. You know what I mean? You don't you don't really go to an esports arena and watch this one kid dominate. Now you go to a Twitch stream. Now you go look at YouTube highlights. You know what I mean? No, I, I get you there, and I feel like with recruiting right now for um for Twitch or for esports essentially, it's it's kind of based off of, I wouldn't say the wrong things, but things that aren't essential to being an esports gamer. So like for Twitch, it's about personality, um, that presence that you have while online. If you can engage your listeners, your watchers, um, that's essentially going to get you big. Even if you're crap, like if you have an entertaining presence, like that can take you to the next level and opportunities um, are will rise, but not everyone has that. And then for people just going to their local tournaments and dominating just like if you're in like regular sports or like physical sports, if you go, if you're from a smaller town, uh, those opportunities aren't as likely or um, not as prominent to get you to the next level. So I guess there's, I guess a piece missing to take you from high school or casual amateur esports to that next level, big stage. What I'm thinking is what's missing is that high school infrastructure. Exactly. That's why we're trying to build up these programs is because we're not really trying to find like found a league for kids to play in where we like accommodate all these things. We're trying to get schools on the right track to how they should run their esports teams so that they can join these leagues and be successful and push their kids on the bigger and better things through that, which there are some of these leagues in the work that have been um, popping up in the last couple of years. It's to be decided which one takes the cake per se, but I think that's the fundamental thing that's missing in high school esports is that one singular infrastructure that we see in other sports. Like, for example, um, the IHSAA in Indiana is the Indiana High School Sports Association, right? So the esports doesn't have that right now, and that's what it's missing, at least in my, my personal mm -hmm. opinion.
So let's let's hop back into your journey and everything that you're doing. What high schools have you seen excel at it? And like, are there specific areas that seem more proactive in the esports realm compared to others? So the, with the schools that we've worked with, the ones that have <clears throat> excelled the most are the ones where the students are leading the charge over the faculty, simply because a faculty member can do so much, but at the end of the day, they have other responsibilities, right? Whereas a high school student with a dream can like really accomplish anything if he surrounds himself with the right people and the right motives. So for example, one school we worked with, um, I, we did a consult call with students instead of like an administrator or a teacher, right? And they ended up raising their own money to like jumpstart their own um, program. That was, that was one thing I saw excelled is when the students take initiative and like actually fight for something they want rather than just like wait and see if it happens. That's, that's incredible. And I honestly, I think that's more than incredible. It's groundbreaking to see this infrastructure built up only because I think uh, in a societal point of view, we're changing. We're becoming more technologically literate and accepted uh, and accepting technology more. And I feel like our generation is the generation to push it forward. Um, a lot of our, though there are a lot of esports gamers who are um, in the generation above us, how many faculty members that are in schools right now can say they did esports or were pro esports players. There aren't many. No. Um, and just to have that that layer foundation where there's tons of kids our age um, playing esports gaming um, or involved with something esports related can then look back and then build from the ground up. So I think you're we're making that societal shift, um, but you guys are definitely the, the pioneers in that in that aspect. And yeah. that's incredible. Like you said, it's a generational thing. You're not going to change the minds of the people older than you. They grew up with something, and that's what they're, that's what they like. That's what they want to watch. That's their mm -hmm. entertainment. Whereas, like you said, our generation, the younger generation that with grew up with technology out throughout their life. I mean, so in my high school, as an example, right, we all had iPads. So that was our piece of technology that we used to do all our schoolwork and everything. On any given day, I could walk into any classroom, and a cool three, five people would be just watch Fortnite on their iPad right that's the entertainment like i see more fight fortnite highlights on people's computers at iu than i do like football like it's a generational thing you know exactly like you said it's i think i think we're the generation to take it to the next level and that's why i think eventually it will it will surpass traditional sports or at least get on the same level as them in terms of viewership sponsorship revenue all those intangibles Okay, so now that we've gotten a little sense of your esports and the high school experience, let us know what you've been getting your hands on now that you're in college and uh, beyond the high school realm. Okay, so this starts this summer. Um, I'm part of the Started Up Accelerator, which is that Started Up Foundation that spreads entrepreneurialism and all that good stuff. Um, me and my two co-founders, Daniel and Alex, once again, uh, we are Paradigm Esports, and we are a part of the Accelerator. Our first play... I guess I would say what the accelerator was a trip to New York city, which is where I met you guys yep. on this trip to New York city. Um, it was probably my favorite trip ever. And I was only there for three days and it's not like I was doing like, I wasn't like at an amusement park or on a mountain or anything. I was just meeting people and I'm going to highlight the New York trip. Just break it down a little bit. So some of the coolest things that we did while you were there. So we went to the stock exchange floor with John Fort of CNBC I have a picture on the set of that, which is crazy. Um, we got to go to Google headquarters in New York um, through one of the accelerator uh, advisors named Joe. He was on the original Android team. So 
invaluable resource. He is a genius. <laughs> like I, I, when we talk, I have to like, I feel like I should record the conversation because I don't comprehend it all at once. Cause there's just so much there that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like appreciating this enough, but, um, Another thing that we did, which was really cool, is we met the C, uh, CMO of Barnes & Noble through Joe also. Guy's a baller. What can I say? Um, then my personal favorite part, um, I'm going to touch back to Jordan Chalmers, uh, my, my good friend from Atlantic. Uh, we were able to set up a LinkedIn. How would you guys describe that, honestly? It was, I don't like know, it was, but I think it was the best meetup, if you want to call it a meetup, than that. I've ever been to like, yeah, a really? conference or meetup, Same. but just cause the people that were there were so like the atmosphere was amazing. Everyone felt like they could talk to each other. It was obviously in Atlantic records, which is a phenomenal place to host an event. And just, I don't know. It was just a great environment in general. Like honestly, looking back at it, you're probably the sixth person we've had from that conference alone. Um, really? I mean, we've been, we've kept in contact with a lot of people from the conference. Uh, a lot of, great individuals doing great things um definitely definitely worthwhile one thing i could say i'm proud of is that i was the person that set that up <laughs> that <laughs> so i was i was the reason that we were able to go to atlantic <laughs> and hold that not bragging i'm just saying <laughs> so our time at atlantic had me sat on a panel uh, i didn't even know i was going to be on the panel till five minutes before the panel so you know that was cool but i sat up there with some big ballers so I was myself, the CEO of Paradigm Esports at 18 years old, not really knowing what I'm doing. Um, the infl- or the head director of influencer and lifestyle marketing of Atlantic Records, Elliot Robinson, which is who is the uh, he used to be the brand manager for Gary V, and now he's the CEO of Dunk Media. Molly Kane, the director of innovation and homeland security, and Go Swish, the Canadian Entrepreneur of the Year, CEO of TrueFan, who's also a baller. So like I'm telling you, like. I'm a little out of my league at this panel, right? <laughs> just, no, just... I mean, I think I think you held your own. It was definitely it was a dope panel. Like we had conversations with Swish and Dunk on the podcast before, um, meeting them in person at the conference. And honestly, I think you were great on on stage too. I think it's not like you sounded dumber. You didn't seem like a high schooler or anything like that. You felt it seemed like you belonged up there with everyone else up there. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But yeah. Uh, just like just to be able to say that that was something that was super impactful to me and I mean I now like I said me and Jordan are working on all types of stuff together like I definitely will be in New York in the next year multiple times I can, I can say that um, I met multiple insane insanely cool people I met all of you guys there um, I met people from VaynerMedia yeah I just looking back on i wish i could do it all again because it was so cool you know what i mean to be able to sit in atlantic records like chill room and be around 150 other like like-minded people that all want like to succeed and do the same type of thing was something that i don't know that i'll be able to do again in the near future you know what i mean it's something that i feel like it's like a once in a lifetime thing or not a once in a lifetime thing but I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Something that is so cool that I hope it happens again, but if it doesn't, I'm content that I was able to do it one time. I hear that. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know, I guess that's a new quote for me. But um, <laughs> after after the uh, LinkedIn meetup there, um, that's when we kind of wrapped up the New York trip, ended up going back home. From there, we got featured in Forbes. 
which was something also that's really cool. Uh, I was a business major when I went into college and I felt like all like a Howard ass because I was walking around I was like, yeah, I'm in Forbes. Like, what's up? Like, what's up? I was quoted twice. Just <laughs> That's hilarious. And all my bios, but <laughs> actually I did peep that. I did peep that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, 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 it's a slight flex. Yeah. <laughs> So what's what's the future hold? I I know you can't really touch too much upon it, but can you give us a brief glimpse into what you and Jordan are cooking up with, um, what you guys are doing? Very Twitch oriented, a lot of content creation. Um, gonna see a lot of stuff on Twitch that you'll probably never thought you would see. At least that's what I would say. A lot of personalities that you didn't think you would see on a Twitch stream. That's are our we goal. Talking like treating Twitch as like a YouTube rather than just gaming. Yes, we're trying to expand. We're trying to expand it to where we can create other opportunities for people that would not normally use Twitch. Gotcha. Trying to turn Twitch from just a gaming medium to a all type of entertainment medium, which has already been kind of happening with the rise of the podcast on Twitch and the live music, all that type of stuff. Um, one more thing, I probably I forgot I should touch on this. So um, during my time in New York as well, um, myself and Jordan. Um, we're in contact with Lyrical Lemonade, which is a huge rising music brand. I'm actually wearing the hoodie right now. But um, what Lyrical Lemonade does is they create music content, so music videos, all that type of cool stuff. And through our talks, which I can't really get into, but I was able to go to their music festival uh, in August, the Lyrical Lemonade Summer Smash. And there I was backstage with a VIP pass, and I was able to meet all types of people that I never thought I would meet that I've seen on Instagram multiple times, shake their hands, dap them up. I was able to dap up Cole and he knew who I was. So That's that crazy. was, that was pretty cool. That's... But so this is, this is where I want to go from this is that knowing the right people and making quality connections over the quantity of connections is something that will take you farther than you would think. Like I said, I was pretty pissed when 14 people showed up to our panel. I was like, this kind of sucks. Like there's no one here. But that one connection that I made there has turned into a cool 25 of people that are very, very valuable to me and that can help me grow and I can help them grow. You know, it's a mutualistic thing. And if you value the people around you and make sure that you nurture those relationships instead of just counting how many you have, that's what's going to take you to the next level, at least in my opinion. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And just looking back over what past like 30 minutes, we've seen only 15% of your journey. Um, and I'm pretty amazed at the 15% that we've seen so far. So Thank give you. us a, a brief little glimpse into what you think the, the remaining 85% looks like. What does a hundred percent look like for you? Okay. Gotcha. So the way I see myself and the way I can plan to continue my journey, right? So I'm majoring in informatics and I'm minoring in business at, at IU. So what that is, it's kind of like a mixed computer science. Uh, it's like technical solutions to real world problems, basically. And the way I see that, like kind of fitting in with what I do, not that my college major really is like the big goal for me, but what I see it doing for me is I want to figure out how I can use the connections that I have, the resources that I have to help create things that I've always wanted to see, basically. So like whether that be what me and Jordan are doing with the all the Twitch stuff or the growth of high school esports, I want to see more kids get the opportunities to pursue thing to pursue their passions never that they never thought they could. Kind of like I was doing when I was a junior. I want entrepreneurism to spread. I want more and more people to pick it up and feel like they can do it 
even if they don't feel like they have the resources to do so. I also want to do cool things that no one ever thought would happen just because that's what I always like. I always, I always see stuff like kind of abstract of like, Oh, that's cool. But it'd be cooler if you could do this and this and this. And that's kind of how I plan on moving forward. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of foggy just because I can't speak on everything, but I want to do a bunch of cool stuff that we never thought we would see. I love it. Dude. I mean, that's kind of just like us too. Like we know, like we know what we want to do, but we don't necessarily know how we're going to get there yet. Right. And it's kind of just learning and just trying a whole bunch of things in the process and waiting for that one thing to stick. And it, it's amazing. I can't wait to, to keep up, you know, keep like in touch with you during your journey and just seeing where you go with everything. Oh yeah. The obstacle is the way for sure. If there's, if there's two things I want anybody that listens to this to know is the obstacle is the way and the opportunities are everywhere. Those are two sayings that Don Wetrick drilled into my head. So I want those of you to know that that is also true. Opportunities are everywhere. Think of something you want to do and find multiple ways to attack it and then combine all those at once and you'll find the outcomes you want. That's the way I've approached this and that's the way I've been able to be successful in what I'm doing is that I look at something but I don't just always just take it at face value. You have to look at all the things around it and figure out how you can not necessarily manipulate, but take advantage of those things and like to your own favor, but also to the favor of whoever you're working with, because that's how you create something great is you foster relationships, you create value and it all comes back to you. That's my experience at least. I love it. All right. So now we get to move on to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking questions. So, I'm going to skip out on my first deep, um, deep thinking question and going to do it a little bit more logical because I want you to blow away the people listening to this podcast with some mind boggling facts about esports. Cause I know when we spoke, you told me a few things about like the Twitch hours to Netflix hours or something like that. And it was just like, that's Oh yeah. Crazy. It's, it's, it's some butter dude. So first thing is just four years ago, or I guess five years now, 2014 league of legends, the world finals had more viewers than Game 7 of the NBA Finals, which is a great series, Spurs Heat, and the World Series, and the Stanley Cup. That was four years ago. Esports has seen an exponential growth since then. Now, Fortnite, they've invested $100 million in the prize pools alone. They're recreating all types of stuff. The amount of kids playing Fortnite, I think they've broken the 250 million user mark, which is unbelievable. There's only 350 million people in the United States. <laughs> so, crazy. I mean, you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? And they've only been around for a year. A year. So, what I, I, this, the facts that the esports, there's so much money coming into it. So, another example I'll use is the Overwatch League, which is like the first uh, iteration of how a traditional sports league would work with an esports league. So, they're kind of taking up like the whole, they're kind of taking like an NFL model to it where they have scheduled games, they travel for games. They play on a big stage in the same place all the time, and you have to have a buy-in for your franchise. So to name a couple of the investors in this franchise, one, Robert Kraft, New England Patriots. If you're able to put $20 million down on an esports team, you probably believe in it, and I think he, he's probably pretty smart with his money. Um, <laughs> pretty much like every esports team you can think of, uh, most esports brands, TSM, Cloud9, Baze, have all invested in the Overwatch League. Um, Unfortunately, the one thing the one thing I'll say about um, the future of esports is that I feel like Fortnite is kind of taking all of it over, in a way, because 
it's gotten so popular to the point where it's starting to draw from other games. Ever since the rise of Fortnite, you've seen viewership losses in Counter-Strike and um, League of Legends just because of the popularity of Fortnite. But what that does is, like we said, it's that generational thing where all these kids are growing up with the pinnacle Fortnite. What do they want to do? They want to play Fortnite and they want to play esports and they want to be a pro and they want to see that grow. Didn't mean to rhyme there, but esports is big. It's getting bigger. The numbers speak for themselves. The money speaks for itself. The amount of kids playing and the amount of kids that love it speak for themselves also. Honestly, that's crazy. I've seen like eight-year-olds absolutely boss at Fortnite. And it's, honestly, it goes younger than that. Um, kids, before they can add, subtract, or destroying people on Fortnite, which is insane to think about. But. I get deleted all the time, and I'm sure it's like a sixth grader. That <laughs> guy hurts my ego a little bit, but I'm like, whatever, man. Okay, also, one funny thing also. You know, I deliver pizza, right? That's like what I do when I'm at home um, to make a little money on the side. Mm-hmm. In the past, like, I've worked the past, like, four days, and literally three kids, like, I've been, like, at the door, and I see kids, like, doing a Fortnite dance to the door, and I'm just, like, what are you, like, you play Fortnite? I couldn't tell. But, like, they're, like, <laughs> everywhere, dude. Like, they have, like, floss cams at, like, football games now. Like, it's it's a cultural thing now. It's broken It's broken esports, and it's gotten into the mainstream on, like, a different level. Like, like you said, Drake and Ninja played together. Like, Drake mm-hmm. tweeting out a Twitch link changed the world, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Dude, it's it's crazy. Rappers are on. Rappers are starting to get on Twitch. Music personalities are starting to get on Twitch. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw um, there's a a number where like Ozil was playing like a thousand hours um, a fortnight a month, and this is a professional athlete for uh, midfielder for Arsenal, someone who should be on the training pitch for more hours than anything else is stuck playing. That's the Ozil. <laughs> Uh, he's playing that, Fortnite which, is, which is hilarious but you know he, he does what That's he does got no stamina man. exactly well he doesn't run much anyway so <laughs> the creativity Fortnite taught him exactly all right going towards second question so justin thinks we're gonna live to 120 which is i think is crazy but he's drilled it into all of our heads we're 100 years from now You've accomplished everything that you want to accomplish. You have all of your friends and family around, and you're going to look back on your life. And they hand you a book. And this book happens to be an autobiography of your entire life so far. So everything you've accomplished. You open up to the first chapter, which is your the beginning of your life. And to this very second, me and you are talking, what is the title of that first chapter? Hmm. This is a deep thinker. You got me on this one. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm contemplating this one pretty hard right now. I don't want to sound corny and say like the rise, but I don't know. <laughs> I want to say like the transformation because uh, basically within like a, like when I was a sophomore, dude, I had no like inclinations of creating like anything I'm doing now. Like I was just like I'm gonna go home and play Counter Strike and hang out with my friends on the weekend. But the transformation has been when I took the innovation open source learning class. So I understand. I started to understand like the importance of entrepreneurialism, like self-reliance and the ability to like create your own value and bring value to others. And I think that's something that's going to stick with me like forever because it's so applicable in like every situation possible. It doesn't matter if it's a business venture or going to get coffee with your friend. Like it's something I feel like you can take to every situation and use it to improve yourself. And that's why I want to say the transformation because I feel like I've become a better person through this journey that I've been on and I'm very happy with where it's going and the transformation. That was, yeah, 
the transformation. All right, the transformation. I like it. All right, so before we ask our last question, um, where can everyone find you? Where can they learn more about everything that you're doing? So uh, my ats are at Ryan underscore Haas. No, actually, it's just at Ryan Haas on Twitter, at Ryan Haas on Instagram, and then my LinkedIn is my name. So it's it's all pretty pretty cut and dry. Uh, our website is in the works still. Our developers have been kind of behind. Um, tough scene, but when that's up, you can find us there for all your consulting needs. Please reach out to me. Like you don't have to be able to purchase a package for us to help you with your high school. Like we're not all about the money. We want to see this grow. We want kids to be able to do what they want to do, whether or not we make money. So if you feel like you know somebody or if you yourself want to do it, like please reach out. Like we'll help you in every way we can. So. All right, we'll have all that linked down in the description. So last question, are you ready, Ryan? Uh, I'm ready, I think. There's a question that you wish that we asked you. Hey, bro. <laughs> yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> um, Oh man, you, I, you actually really got me on this one. Like, no lie. It's hands um, down the best question to ask if you ever have like a job interview or anything. It's amazing. Catches them off guard every time. You got me. You got me. What other people usually say? Give me an example of somebody someone else would say. Some people are just like personal things that they like. Usually, it's it'll relate back to something that they didn't get a chance to say or they thought they were going to say. Um, but it didn't like come up in conversation. So they just wanted to release it. And some people just are absolutely stumped. So we just kind of give them a, a platform to give their last thoughts or whatever they want to leave behind. Cause that's usually what it leads to. Okay. Why didn't you ask me more about Don Wetrick? Great question. Um, to answer that, I think, I mean, we've had a couple people on, we even had the daughter of Don oh, Wetrick. Yeah. We had Ava on. Sure. So we've the common theme. <laughs> we've uh, in literally in all of the episodes that have had um someone from uh the conference don has popped up um in some of our posts linkedin instagram don's popped up so he's been a, a reoccurring theme on our, our podcast uh but you know what drop a little knowledge tell us something that we don't know about don i mean i feel like if you've talked to him you probably know that but uh don pretty much just wants to see everybody succeed in their own little way uh, regardless of what their passion is or whatever it may be, he just wants them to find happiness doing whatever they want to do in a capacity that is not taught traditionally in schools today. He, uh, so I'm going to get a little nerdy here. If you've seen Game of Thrones, Daenerys Targaryen wants to crush the wheel, right? She wants to break the cycle. I think that's what Don's trying to do in school because he's trying to teach kids real-world applications for all types of problems. He's trying to teach kids to think for themselves and to not be – a product of a school trying to be a product of themselves instead which is something that i admire in him quite a lot because he's doing something that everybody would thought impossible you know everybody thought was impossible just by trying to challenge the way schools educate us you know what i mean solid solid so i just wanted to to take this this moment to one shout out don Keep doing what you're doing. Shout out Paradigm Esports, Lyrical Lemonade, um, Atlantic Records, all killing it. And Ryan, we wanted to shout you out. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, dropping some knowledge. And you know what? Helping us kick off a solid 2019. Great way to start. Appreciate Beautiful. you, man. Yes, thank you guys so much. Hashtag get your grind up. Like yes. we said, it's the mindset all 2019. Let's bowl. <laughs>
all 2019. And if you guys want to learn a little bit more about Ryan, hop on our website, getyourgrindup.com. Follow us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Get Your Grind Up. As you already know, we'll back we'll be back a little bit later with another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast. We're going for big things this year, big, big things. And as you can already see, we kicked it off 2019 coming for you. This is your co-host from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, signing out. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. All 2019, baby. Let's get it. Peace. Peace. Peace.